mosaic is a, a mosaic creates out of colored glass. A mosaic is a piece of art made of thousands of stones, of hundreds of pieces, glass, clay, and stones placed in a pattern, laid in combination to form one, one collection. collection. Welcome to Mosaic, a new Mamaroneck Public Radio show in partnership with Calliope, the MHS Literary Magazine, that is dedicated to bringing you MHS student writing in an entirely new medium. This, this is, is Mosaic on Mamaroneck Public Radio. Hello, and welcome to Mosaic where we showcase and dissect Mamaroneck High School student writing. If you have an original poem, short story, essay, or article you want brought to life or are interested in voicing a piece, email us at mamaronekpublicradio at gmail.com. Today, Catherine McCarthy will read her poem, Dolores, which was originally written in August of 2021. Then we will speak to Catherine about her writing process and what inspired her to write this piece. Dolores. Growing up among the wood violets until her first chapter closed, she planted her roots with the goldenrod, but she was always a rose. Despite the slow downward trend of her health and the way the world kept us apart, her impact on me only flourished like the aging of priceless art. With a heart of pure gold, a grin like the sun, and a laugh like the tinkle of china, she gave me the world with her tireless love and her life's goal to reach the Messiah. I still see her all around, in her bracelets and lamp by my bed, and in them all I can hear, the things that she never said. The ordeal of the connecting flights that only ran smooth now and then always wound up being worth it because I got to see her again. From old boxes of books to the toys that she kept, her house was always a haven. So when it was to be sold, it came as a shock, like the sudden, rude call of a raven. Everyone comes with a shelf life, even the sweetest rose dies, but no one could say she deserved all the pain that led to her goodbyes. I wish I could be angry, but deep inside I know, although I'll always miss her, it was time for her to go. you tell me a bit about what inspired um, the poem and just kind of your process? Yeah, so I wrote this poem after my grandma passed away late last summer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. I wanted to kind of honor her in a unique way, and writing is just something I've always loved. I kind of felt a bit of pressure, like, after it happened, just to come up with some way of honoring her. Especially because, like, I'm the oldest grandchild, and I, I'm, like, was 16 at the time. And so I knew that there would be tons of people reaching out to me and asking me how I was feeling about everything. And I've never really been great at, like, speaking off the top of my head, especially with, like, big questions like that. But writing has always come pretty easy to me. And so I figured that that was, like, the best way to go. And I don't even write poetry that often, but right away I kind of knew that was where I wanted to go with this piece. Because poetry, I feel like... I've always liked how it allows you to say something in like a much more abstract and unique way. Yeah, totally. Like if I'd just written in prose, I think it would have taken away from some of the freedom that I had when I was writing. And I also like wanted to leave things 
So it was able to be taken up to um, interpretation for, like, people who were reading it because of, like, the subject matter and, like, the context and everything. I, like, I knew a lot of people would probably end up reading it. So I just kind of wanted to give them the chance to use what I wrote to, like, honor my grandma in their own way. Yeah, I really like that. Um, as you guys heard, it's a really amazing poem. I I really liked it um, the way that I don't know, I didn't know your grandma, of mm-hmm. course, but um, I feel like I can sort of imagine a little bit of what she was like, yeah. um, which I think is really beautiful. That was my goal, so it, uh, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, of course. Can you tell me a little bit about the rhyme scheme and just sort of like the structure of the of the poem? It has like a cool format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of like used a pretty basic like A, B, A, B, like rhyme scheme, like because a lot of the stanzas were like four lines each. So it would be like the first line and the third line would rhyme or like second and fourth, like stuff like that. And I always kind of feel like I'm like gravitating towards that when I'm like writing poetry. I knew that when I started writing it, I could tell right away that I was doing the same thing. I always do like four lines each, like kind of like around like seven or eight syllables in each. Like, I don't know what goes on in my head when I'm writing, but it always seems to want to go there. You know what works for you. Yeah, Yeah. yes. But so I felt like I kind of wanted to mix things up a little bit. So I decided to add in the little shorter, like three line things where it was like, there would be two three line stanzas back to back and the last line of both of those would be the only thing that rhymes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to add that in there to kind of mix things up a bit. And I also like felt like it added more of like a rhythm to what I was writing, almost like it was kind of like a song. Yeah. Like I really like doing that because I feel like it adds to both the way that the poem sounds when you're reading it and also just makes it more fun to write. Yeah. I definitely feel like sometimes rhyming can be like very cliche if mm-hmm. it's not done well um and it makes things have like a juvenile quality about them yeah but you did it well thank it didn't you feel like <laughs> it didn't feel like it was like i don't know like bad rhyming it was yeah good. It i'm was always good a rhyming. little worried about that <laughs> so i'm glad that it didn't come yeah. off that way no it's impressive i i don't really rhyme much in most of what i write because mm-hmm. i'm like worried about like <laughs> yeah but you did it well yeah like, part of like why i do it is just kind of it also makes it easier for me when I'm writing yeah because like if I know generally what I want to say it just helps me to have like a structure and like rhythm or like rhyming thing that I know I'm gonna stick to because I can like take the generality of what I want to say and then kind of put it into that format and it just makes things easier for me it makes it feel like it's not such a big thing that I'm trying to tackle that makes sense and I definitely do hear that rhythm when I'm reading the poem Mm mm-hmm I really loved your use of plant imagery throughout the poem. So could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, of course. So that was something like I was pretty conscious of when I was writing it. Like the idea of the first stanza with like mentioning like the wood violets, goldenrod and roses, like that came to me pretty quickly because like I knew I had the idea of writing the poem for like a couple days, but I really didn't know where to start. So I got that idea because like flowers, I just like have random memories like and I know a lot about it just like my mom is interested in that stuff yeah oh my mom likes plants too I don't know if it's a mom thing yeah maybe the first stanza is where I think it's the most like prominent and so basically um I meant there's like three different things mentioned there and so wood violets which is the first in the first line is the state flower of Missouri where my grandma grew up um and then goldenrod which is the next line is or maybe the third line 
is the state flower of Nebraska, which is where she moved and then, like, where, like, she raised her family. Like, so where my mom grew up and where I knew her, like, would go to her house. That's where we would go. So I never went to, like, Milwaukee or Missouri. And then the part with the rose at the end, um, I got that because, like, right after my grandma moved, like, before she, like, like, passed away. Like, she moved a couple, like, a year or so before that. So she moved, like, from her house to, like, a smaller apartment. So, like, she couldn't keep everything she had in her house. So a lot of it got divided between, like, my mom and her sister. And so my mom, I remember my mom showing me, like, some of the things she'd taken, like, for herself. And one of them was, like, this candle holder thing. It was, like, made of glass or something. And it was, like, shaped and it was painted like a rose. She said, um, she always reminded me of roses. Oh, I love that. So... Like, thinking of that is kind of where I got the idea for the whole thing. And also where, because I mentioned roses later on, just because that was, at least for my mom, it was kind of like something that I felt like my mom could connect to specifically. And other people too, because like my grandma, she always kept like a nice garden and stuff. So I don't know. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool that the specific types of flowers like actually relate to the different places that she lived throughout her life. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really cool detail. Thank you. And the story of the rose, that's really nice. Definitely something that seems to be a strong theme within the poem is the idea of mortality. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously because of what I was writing about, it was kind of inevitable that that yeah. was going to be part of it. But I definitely tried not to make it, like, such, like, a really sad poem because um, I wanted to focus kind of more on my grandma's life rather than her death. Just, like, because of everything surrounded, like, COVID, everything, like, it was just not great circumstances. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people knew that. So I wanted to didn't want to be focusing on like the bad things that people might be thinking about I thought it might be like more making it more of a good thing because obviously it's sad but like it was like it was a good thing overall so definitely I think the darkest line that I have is like saying that even sweet roses die which was again like the callback to the rose thing I just mentioned yeah and I remember when I first wrote it that I was like wondering like was this a little too much? Is this kind of like too dark or too sad? I like it. So I ended up keeping it in obviously. Yeah, well, I think it's really cool that you use that. I think that death is definitely a a complicated thing, you know. There's sadness and grief involved, but I think it's really beautiful that you choose to honor her, mm-hmm. her memory and sort of the good things about her life rather than the poem just being like sad. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it's really cool that you kind of can focus on the positive in a way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I also, like, thinking back to when I was writing it, I remember there's one line, like, towards the end where I where it says, no one could say she deserved all the pain that led to her goodbyes. And I remember when I was writing it that instead of having goodbyes at the end there, it was the word demise. Oh, that's interesting. And I remember, because I, like, that was gonna be in the final version I think and so I showed my mom that because it was at that point I already edited it a lot and I was like I like okay like do you want to read this like I've been working on it for a couple days and the only like suggestion she really had for me was she thought maybe it would work better if I changed that word and she had the suggestion ready like the word goodbyes it didn't change the meaning but it immediately felt more of the tone of what I was kind of going for even yeah. though I hadn't even thought about changing and it, it still rhymes yeah so. exactly yeah. that was it works it's perfect yeah but I am glad I changed it because I think even that little word just shifts the focus of that line to like instead of like demise it's just like just has a much 
different connotation than saying goodbyes yeah. because even though it means the same thing like by saying goodbyes it even just like that can like be talking about like all the people yeah that like there's something beautiful yeah. about it yeah thank you that it's like not all sad and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be all sad yeah so I think that's really cool that we can kind of look at death in in like a new way. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to talk a little bit about also well, like part of the reason the poem is so powerful is because you can almost feel like we knew Dolores mm-hmm. when we read it, even if we didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear just a bit about how you clue the reader into what kind of person she was mm-hmm. and like which lines in particular provide a sort of insight into who she was as a person. Yeah, so I do think that a lot of the poem is focused on my relationship with her rather than, like, who she really was. Even though, like, the first stanza is, like, literally the most basic possible overview of, like, her life story, even if it's not, like, saying it, like, plainly. It's like she grew up here, moved here, like, that's it. But, like, I feel like other than that, like, the best lines that I think capture who she was are the third and fourth stanzas, which are both three lines, where it's, like, her smile, her laugh, her faith, like, some of the things that I remember about her most, and I think most people who knew her also remember about her most. Like, I never saw her get upset, like, not in 16 years, really. Wow. Like, yeah. um, That's amazing. Yeah, it was, like, it's crazy to think about. Because, like, even though she lived far away, like, we saw her a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, the laugh, like, something kind of funny. She moved from her house to, like, um, an independent living facility around, mm-hmm. like, 2016, 2017, before any, like, real health issues. So she was just her living in a different place. Yeah. And so there there was, like, a communal dining room where they where all, like, the residents ate. And I remember she would always talk about how she and, like, her little group of friends were always, like, the loud table. Because <laughs> they would always, like, be laughing at, like joke so much and everyone would be like <laughs> looking over at them and like she would be so proud of that because like, she was like 80 something at this point but still like going to happy hour with like all her friends and like yeah. laughing at little things I love that that's really cool so another thing that I mentioned is like her faith like briefly in that line and even though I definitely think there are some issues in the Catholic Church which is like what her affiliation was mm-hmm. my grandma's faith was definitely one of her defining traits at least like to me Because whatever she did, I think she did it with the goal of getting to heaven in mind. Like, Mm -hmm. she never used her faith as, like, a justification for something that, Mm -hmm. like, was, is kind of morally wrong. And, like, definitely I remember, like, every time we would go visit her, like, we would always go to church with her. Like, there was no getting out of it. And I remember whenever she came to visit us, if she would be here over, like, a Sunday, we would go to church. And, like, all the priests there, like, they knew her name because she was just (laughs) so, like, they could tell every time she was there that she was just so happy to be there. That's really beautiful. That's, like, something that she really cares about. Mm -hmm. And you really need to have things like that that are just, like, important to you. Yeah. And I really like that we're able to learn about Dolores through her connection to you because, Mm -hmm. you know, that is the way that you kind of see the world so it makes Mm -hmm. sense that it would be like through your lens but I'd love to hear more about her faith because yeah um, I think that's really beautiful um how did it shape her and her values yeah so her faith was kind of the defining factor that shaped her ideas of right and wrong Mm -hmm. in the past like I would ask my mom like did grandma ever yell at you like you ever get in really big trouble (laughs) as a kid and my mom would always kind of say like that if they ever did something like they lied or like they took something without asking, like my grandma, she wouldn't really yell at them, but she would just be like, that isn't right. And honestly, I don't think there was a single person who didn't like her 
the fact that a funeral for an 87-year-old woman in the heat of the COVID pandemic had almost 100 guests oh, wow. is a pretty good indicator of how people felt about her. It sounds like she was a really incredible person yeah. and she had a big impact on you. Yes, yeah, she was. So did the finished product of the poem surprise you in any way? Yeah, in certain ways. The final version of the poem, I think, didn't end up being too different from the first draft. Like, once I decided on, like, the structure and the rhyme scheme, I pretty much stuck to that. The thing that I think surprised me was how the poem affected other people. Like, after I showed it to my mom, she asked me if I wanted to share it at my grandma's funeral service, so I said yes. And we got it printed on bookmarks so that guests could take it home. And so at the service, I was very kind of unprepared for how many people came up to me after they read the poem to say how much it moved them, or even there were a number of people who said that it made them cry. Oh, wow. That was just like, I'd never written something that had like affected people to that degree like that I saw. We didn't have the service until about a month after my grandma passed away just because of COVID and everything. So by that point, I'd been sitting on the poem for a few weeks. And since I wrote the poem focusing on the relationship that I had with my grandma, I was surprised that so many of the people who knew her in diff- were also so affected. Because I think that's one of the best things about poetry is that even though I was writing about this thing that happened in a very personal way to me, other people who experienced it in a different way could use what I wrote to relate personally to them. Yeah. No, that's really amazing. I, I really do love with poetry. Everything's kind of up to your own interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really amazing that yeah. like the same poem to two different people can mean like totally different things. Yeah. And I also love that you, you just like knew exactly what you wanted to say mm-hmm. and really stuck to it. I really think that decisiveness is really cool. Thank you. And that's amazing that it had such an impact on people that like so many people were so moved by it. Yeah. And I think it's cool that it was printed on bookmarks, Mm -hmm. too. This is a little cheesy, but um, people could really, like, literally and figuratively carry it with them. Yep. I really enjoy listening to your poem. Thank you. It's really amazing. And I'm looking forward to hearing what else you have, you know, new pieces in store. So thank you again for listening to this episode of Mosaic. Again, if you have an original poem, short story, essay, or article you want brought to life, or are interested in voicing a piece, email us at mamaronicpublicradio at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next time.